Hello and welcome back to Quick Link Podcast on Friday the 19th of February. It's our 50th show. How on earth I've kept this up I don't really know, but let's roll on the next 50, which should put us right in the middle of the spring classic season. Coming up you'll hear part two of my interview with the Montezuma's race team, but first it's the daily news. Trek Segafredo's Balkan Mollema won the opening stage of Haute-Var, gapping Greg van Avermaet of AG2R and Valentin Madouas of FDJ in the final 200 metres of the third and final climb of Col de Gordon to the finish. 26 riders then followed within a second of the podium group, meaning that each World Tour team was represented in the front group, with the exception of UAE and DSM, whose leading riders on GC, David de la Cruz and Pierre Latour respectively, have shipped 14 seconds after arguably the toughest finish of the race's three stages. 169km tomorrow, with the Cat Du Col de Mons slap bang in the middle of the stage. Niels van der Putter has signed for Alpes and Fenix after his third place finish at last weekend's X2O Trophy in Brussels. The 20-year-old had picked up eight top 10 finishes over the elite cross season until Sunday, and it seems that that step up to the podium has secured himself his first professional contract. He'll join Alpesan's development team for the road after his cross season finishes this weekend. He's on the start list for Etias Cross in St. Nicholas on Saturday. RCS Sport have finally confirmed the date for the unveiling of this year's Giro d'Italia route. La Grande Reveal is set for Wednesday the 24th of February and the race begins on 8th of May. Ineos News and Theo Gegenhart will be sponsoring a rider to join his former team Hagen's Berman Axions to help improve racial diversity in the sport. The 2020 Giro winner will work with Axel Merckx's team to identify, coach and mentor a young rider who will join the squad from August. Tom Pidcock, who gave it some beans early on today at Haute-Var on his Ineos debut before cracking and coming home 5.47 down, will be joined by his coach Kurt Bogart at Ineos after the Belgian mentor has moved across from Trinity Racing, which was Andrew McQuaid's multi-discipline team aimed at getting his clients big contracts. Now it's time for part two of our chat with Montezuma's race team, a top-tier British cyclocross development setup. Yesterday you heard from team manager Simon Pattinson, and now it's the turn of a trio of riders to talk about their highs from the past season. I chat to Abby Manley, Amy Perriman, and Tom Cousins. So welcome back to part two with the Montezuma's team. I have Abby Manley. Hi. Hi there, Abby. And also you're joined by Amy Perryman. Hello. And last but not least, it's Tom Cousins. Hello. Hi. So thanks for coming on. Obviously, we had Simon, the boss, on earlier. You can talk about him now. He's off the line. <laughs> So spread some gossip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you didn't uh, spill any any beans or exclusives that you didn't know about earlier. So, as I came back in, we were just talking about chocolates. Um, your your favourite from the Montezuma's range? Um, go first. <laughs> giant white chocolate buttons. I say, eating a packet right now. That's good. I can hear For them. Me, Give them a shake. Uh... <laughs> there they are. <laughs> For me, it's got to be the peanut butter truffles. You can't go wrong. I really like the the white chocolate chili. I think it's white chocolate chili and mango truffles. A oh, bit wow. different, but they are nice. See, that, that's good brand coverage as well. Four of you on, you all said four different things. That's you're well prepped. There's so many different options. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I walk past Montezuma's in in Winchester High Street. Uh, there's a queue, or, or there was last time, obviously, you know, pre the dark days. Um, so I've, I'm yet to indulge, but uh, where I do my weekly big shop, they do sell sell the bars. So I know what I'll be doing on Monday. <laughs> I think there's a shop in Oxford as well. So one, one local to me as well. So that's good. Perfect. But you must get a big box at the start of the season, right? Get a few bits here and there. <laughs> can't, can't complain really there's worse things to be sponsored by i think than than chocolate i think it's probably one of the best sponsors and best cycling sponsors there is really oh it's got to be up there isn't it what else, what else could you possibly want especially at the end low on energy a bit bonking just like just cram in some tasty chocolate on the way back from belgium yeah yeah can't men love it as well <laughs> eating oh, chocolate <laughs> They do a really good hot chocolate as well, do they? Yeah, actually. Yeah, I've tried actually... that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 a massive hot chocolate fan, but I've just I just use the option stuff and it's so powdery and horrible. So I oh, know this is right. like proper chocolate. Like you yeah. pour your Yeah, it's 
it's very nice. Gotta invest. <laughs> I'm sold. So right, quick link listeners, montezuma.com slash shop, maybe. I'll edit that. Right, so thank you for the three of you. Um what I'd like to talk about is 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 how you came to join Montezuma's in no particular order. Far away. Okay, or I'll, I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I started racing triathlon when I was about nine at another local club. Um long story short, I wasn't amazing at cycling, so I decided to join um a cyclocross kind of group on a Thursday night um to improve my skills. Eventually I ended up doing a race. I think I was under twelve, like last year under twelve. Um and then as I developed more in cycling, my parents wanted to find a team, a club of kind of children my own age to train with and ride around with. Um and that's how I ended up at Stolen Pirates. Yep. Yep. And I rode there for quite a few years. And as um Montezuma's, which was at the time Hargroves, became like a development team, like a pathway, I then joined on to there and I've been on Hargroves as it was for a couple of years and now Montezuma's that has changed. It's yeah. opened quite a lot of doors for you. Definitely, definitely. Amy, I think that's a is that a similar story for yourself? Yeah, it's kind of similar. I uh, I started actually at Mountbatten track, um, just on like a little isle of bike and going to some sessions there. And uh, yeah, we went to a few British schools racing, um, like doing a lot of track riding. And yeah, I mainly, I mainly started on the track actually. And then gradually as I got older and via Solent Pirates, um, as I was there from basically the start, um, I moved on to mountain bike and cross and I'm definitely preferring the off-road scene um, <laughs> and yeah so I started mountain bike and cross at about under 12 and Solent Pirates helped with like skills and all that kind of stuff and uh, gradually progressed up again through the off-road scene um, through Hargroves like Abbey and yeah, we ended up moving up in the national scene and going out to Belgium uh, in the last few years. And then as of now with Montezuma's, we're lucky enough to race abroad and it opens up a lot of opportunities like racing for GB and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's great. That's fantastic. We'll obviously come on to racing for, for the national team and World Cups. Um, Tom, you had a slightly different route, didn't you? Because you came through the Zappi setup. Yeah, so back in the day, I saw, I rode for uh, Bista Millennium, just my local club. Um, and that was mainly doing cyclocross. That's sort of how I got into the sport. Um, but after about a year or so, I moved to the Zappi team. And I guess I stayed there for four, four, five years. Quite a while, mainly focusing on the road. But then with the cross in the winter to keep sort of the fitness and just for enjoyment more than anything. And it was sort of, Last season, so it's first year under 23, um, I worked with Simon a bit. So he helped with some coaching towards the end of the season um, just to see how things would go. If I did, a, I think I just did a month of solid cross training um, okay. leading up to the national champs. And well, I finished 13th, I think, 6th elite, uh, 13th elite and 6th under 23, I think it was. And then... Was this the and one then, at Cycler Park or was that the year before? No, this was the one at Shrewsbury. Oh, okay, um, yeah. In 20, yeah, 2020 that would have been. And then obviously I spent the summer racing in Italy with Zappies. And then sort of this season, the 2020-2021 season, I rode for Monsumas, which was, was sort of my first real season of purely focusing on cross, um, which was really good fun. Um and obviously, amazing opportunity. Didn't think, didn't really expect to be running for GB or doing as much racing abroad as at the start of the season as I expected. But yeah, it was it was great. So going back to the start of this season for the three of you, um, there obviously that first round of the national trophy, um, and then I think you, or I think all three of you headed out to uh, Heaton. 
for the Super Prestige? Yeah, first that or was, second round. That was our first first Belgian trip, well, Holland trip. That was a long drive. How was that as a as as going out as a team, presumably for the first time together? It was a it was a crazy experience actually. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We we all kind of went there with no real expectations, um, just to kind of get to grips with the season again and get get the experience in, I guess, and know the course. And um, yeah, it was a it was a really good weekend. And then I believe from that you went to Rudderford the next. It was basically three and three weeks, wasn't it? Out and back, out and back, out and back. Yeah, it was uh, a busy, that was a busy time. There's a lot of travelling during those times. But yeah, we went to um, Rudevord. It was, that was a really good one. We went out and back on the day for that one, actually. So it was quite an early morning, but it was great oh, wow. to get out there. Love those 4am starts. <laughs> it's lucky that we're all South Coast. It's not that massive a trek to Dover or Folkestone, is it? No, we get the tunnel across and it's, I think it's about two hours to the tunnel each time. Might be wrong there. I think it's about two hours. A lot of the time it's actually quicker for us to go to Belgium and do a race in Belgium than it is to travel to one of the nationals in the UK. (laughs) I have found that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did some uh, racing a couple of seasons ago in Brittany and obviously I'm Winchester away, so I'm, uh, you know, right on the edge of Southampton. And it was easy, yeah, it was easy uh, for me to get to to like uh, Khan than it was to the other side of Nottingham, which is insane. Pre Brexit, pre COVID, <laughs> when you could actually travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're allowed to go anywhere. Yeah. Oh, I took the dog for about a, a six mile walk today, and I felt a little bit guilty. I'm like, oh, I'm not in, I'm not in my same postcode anymore. <laughs> so after those two races, uh, presumably you all got the email. Um, you're heading to Euros. How, for for each of you, how does that feel when you get that email from BC going, hi, would you like to ride the Euros? Um, I mean, it was actually really funny. I was, I mean, Amy, you can agree. We were, we were near each other. I was up at the field doing some cyclocross training. Um, and Amy was down at the bottom of the field um, because Simon lives at the end of the road. Right. And... I was up at the top of the field and I got the email and I knew because of where we had been positioning wise from the nationals. Um, and I was just really excited and I just pegged it down to the house and Amy opened the door and she was looking at me like, did you get the email too? And then we just kind of jumped up and down for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was got uh, really excited. <laughs> it was a very, very nice moment. <laughs> So how does that work? Because I, I mean, I asked Cameron Mason about this a couple of weeks ago, um, but and I was trying to get into the into where he would almost expect it because he's racing at, at, at that level of elite that you know it's like a footballer. Like, oh, I have, I'm expecting to go to play for England. How how are you? Where where's your head at when you get that nod from BC going? Yes, you are you are one of the best, and we want you to represent us. I mean, I think we've all in general been kind of fighting for positions on the team on the GB kind of squad for quite a while and the competition in England is so high like there's there's so many different people that could get selected um so yeah getting getting the email I think for me personally I was I was a bit shocked I didn't really expect it um but yeah I'm not sure about about the others (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's I always wasn't... a shock the first time because you yeah. sort of you sort of don't really know where you're at, and then once you've been selected once, you sort of I don't know, but you almost get like a gauge of where you're positioned, and if that makes sense. Your confidence sense. also, I think, confidence in yourself um, is a bit boosted. So obviously, Tom, you'd you'd been abroad a lot with racing, especially with Zappy on the road. Um, for yourself, how was that traveling across to a a major international cyclocross event? Um, I guess it's probably out of all of the races, it's a race of the highest pedigree. So 
that I guess brings a bit of added pressure. But I guess I've been so used to traveling abroad. So I've traveled Belgium, France, Spain. You almost get used to traveling across, staying the night, then racing the next day before traveling home. So it's almost second nature. Um, so it doesn't affect me too badly, I don't think. Um, I guess it's just what you get used to. Um, yeah, I didn't find it too bad, actually. Do you permanently have a a suitcase packed, ready, j- j- just in case? Not permanently packed, but it's pretty much I know where everything is. Probably yeah. pack within an hour and out the door. <laughs> sort of <laughs> done it so many times that it's it is amazing. So I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. So uh, something else I'd also like to know. Obviously, you've got the email, and they're saying. Right, you're racing at uh, Den Bosch for GB. Um, was that the debut for GB for all three of you? Yes. Yep. It was, yeah. Okay, that's right. I'll just make sure I had, actually had my facts correct. Um, regarding, obviously, with logistics, obviously, you went as, as Montezumas you know, with all that support. With regards to kit from GB, do you, do you get a delivery in advance? Are they asking your sizes do you do you pick it all up there it's one of those silly little things i've always wondered how how would that work um in the original email uh they sent us a size guide link um and we were to pick our sizes and send our addresses and then i didn't know it was coming i don't know if the other two knew that theirs was coming either i was just out on a ride and i got back and there was a package and i was like i have no idea what this is i hadn't ordered anything and i opened it and it was the gb kit so that was a nice that was a nice surprise delivery after a training session i think that would possibly be the proudest moment of my life getting that it was amazing and it stayed hung up in my room for quite a while (laughs) did you ever keep just one of the jerseys and didn't take it to the races just so that's the pristine that's the that's the one for the wall actually yeah Um, how much kit did you get I know, um, so this time for Euros, we got a skin suit each, so a long sleeve skin suit, a then, it's almost like a windproof, a winter jacket, and then a pair of socks. So I think it is usually, usually do get more, but with COVID and the teams don't get any appearance money or anything like that, so it was a and, bit And we went travelling with the team, so it was more... Uh, I think when you travel with the team, you you represent it the entire time. Of course, but yeah, probably get a yeah. tracksuit and a hoodie. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Well, fingers crossed for next. Well, not next season, this this year, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so t- uh, t- tell us about Euros. Who wants to go first? <laughs> <laughs> it was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, big learning kind of point for me at least um I was super excited for it obviously and the course was crazy fast it was properly dry and lots of short sharp corners no real kind of up or down but lots of sand and stuff um I think it was like getting off the bike four no more than four times a lap maybe like six times a lap um so yeah, quite a bit of running. Um, There's three sets of stairs, and yeah, race day. Uh, I didn't. I did not have the greatest race. I think coming away, I learned a lot from that race, and I knew what I needed to change and improve. Um, but I guess like you got to start somewhere, <laughs> and yeah. yeah so. I definitely improved after that race and I can see that in my results at the Super Prestiges. Um, but yeah, I did come away gutted, but knowing that I'd done the best I could and I'd gone 100%, um, that was that was a good feeling for sure. <laughs> How about yourself, Abby? Yeah, I think I agree with Amy. I was very excited that there was a, almost like a nervous energy, but excitement the whole weekend and just riding around the course I think I got I think I got a bit carried away I just did laps and laps 
just happy to be wearing like the GB kit and the whole atmosphere. I was really, um, it was really nice to be a part of. Uh, the race itself, like Amy said, very, very fast. A lot of running. I really, I quite like running. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I didn't really pay much attention to my result. It probably wasn't the best result, but the general experience and my performance in the race, I definitely gave it all I could. And I just really enjoyed the day out. Like I finished happy and smiling and that's really all I can ask for. During that, sorry, I'll, I'll come on to you in a second, Tom. Um, during that, when you look at so the, the top three that day were uh, Puck Peters, uh, Blanca Kativas and Manon Bakker. Um, did, did, you, did you look at those riders before, during, after and think, well, well th- that's the question. Did you look at those three riders and what, what did you, how was that for you to line up against them? It's always quite a, quite a surreal experience. But after, well, we've been lucky enough to race quite a few races out in Belgium the la- this this season. And so after a few races, you kind of, instead of being somebody you look up to, like obviously we all still look up to them. It, 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 in a sense, it's competition, but also you know they're going to be so far ahead that you, you end up just focusing on the people that are around you. And I know, for instance, me and Abby, we are quite close racing and we quite. always have been, but we've, <laughs> we we're such close friends we've gotten used to it and we can have like a competitive battle in the race but then we're like great friends off like off racing as well and you end up focusing on the the other people around you and picking your battles there do you do you ever find as as teammates at a, a team level and then teammates at a national level you'll work together to pick off other riders in the race at all I've always wondered if the kind of team loyalties pop up at all. I don't think racing wise, I don't think racing wise, we've necessarily played a team tactic. I do know that, especially this season, because we talk about the competition about within ourselves, we did both kind of say, regardless of like whether we are near each other in a race the best way to race is just to focus on someone else because if we spent all season hooked on one another it it wouldn't be very productive I don't think for either of us yeah I I agree (laughs) it's a chance to elbow someone else for a change isn't it yeah yeah (laughs) um Tom so obviously over to yourself Uh, uh, how was that experience for you your your first time away with the national team yeah like both Amy and Avi said, a big learning curve, obviously. Um, I guess for me, it was sort of my first real test of for cyclocross, really, because after coming from a long season on the road and then a um, first run of the national series, I sort of hadn't done much cross that this last season leading up to the Euro, so I wasn't quite sure where to expect, what what, what to expect, really. Um and yeah, I didn't have the greatest race in the world. Um, I had a few issues, but obviously went as hard as I could um, and had a great time, but came a, came back with a lot of things to work on and throughout the season managed to work on those weaknesses and areas and I guess has made me a, a much stronger rider. Um, but it was an, an amazing experience. Um, I guess there's not much, not a better moment than putting on your GB kit for the first time, really, is there? Um, no, yeah, that must be amazing. But yeah. And it was quite a good day for the British lads as well, wasn't it? With obviously Thomas Main and Cammy Mason picking up podiums. Yeah, second and third, I think. So, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. It was a really successful day for the boys, I think, it just shows. The talent in the under twenty three men and women in the UK is yeah phenomenal, really at the moment. Sort of probably one of the best in the world. So it's an exciting place to be. As a, when you you let's go to all three of you when you go away and you join up with your GB teammates, is there much of a vibe? Obviously, you kind of recognise each other from National Trophy and other races, but do you, do you feel a team? Do you, or are you kind of six individual guys? You know, just I happen guess, to be in the same kit. 
I guess there is always going to be a team element there. Like you're right, you're sort of wearing the same kit. You're you obviously know each other from the races in the kit in the UK. So like uh, um, at the Euros in the Moor, for instance, we went round rode with some of the other GB lads, sort of testing out different lines, racing each other through different parts, seeing which ways were quicker, different techniques. So you sort of think it is useful to ride with each other and be with one another because then you learn new techniques um, like pre-race warm-ups, um, just race strategies, I guess. Um, but obviously there is going to be an individual element because at the end of the day, cyclocross is quite an individual sport. So it, it was almost every man for himself. Um, I, I think also with COVID this year, it was trickier to have that kind of team element although we did like in scouting and um, all that we did get to see each other covid kind of meant we were very separated i guess yeah um this year which was a shame but uh hopefully hopefully next year there'll be more opportunities yeah fingers fingers crossed so after uh euros at uh, den bosch i think you all went to namur um just before christmas did you, I think you all went. Yes, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. our first World yeah, Cup. Yeah. Is that a different vibe at all? Um, I guess it is. It did feel a bit different to Euros because for the World Cups, everyone sort of it's not not so much of a Team GB experience. It's more your team experience because most people are there riding for their trade teams. Like we, as Simon mentioned earlier, we rode for Montezuma's. Um, like the majority of people doing the race so i guess it is a bit more of an individual feel like even riding around the course the day before everyone's sort of riding around with their teams rather than in their nations um and yeah i guess it's just it does feel slightly different but at the same time it still feels like a massive event um it's when you get to mix it with the uh the big guns as well yeah and you with cyclists especially you can learn you're so so great well you're racing against them so and riding around the course you could just watch them it's not like road where sort of you're totally separate and cross it's all sort of integrated quite closely so you can learn a lot from watching the best and uh, it does help massively being young riders like us who still got a lot of development to go i think i'd be so tempted just to be well, I would be really awful anyway, but just to have Van der Poel and Van Aert lap me, just so there, there's that chance of that one photo that I might be slightly, <laughs> slightly in front of them at some point. Yeah, get, get on TV. <laughs> That's it. I mean, that is basically my entire tactic for battling the bowl, just to be so awful. At some point, someone will come past me in front of a camera. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Abby, Abby and Amy, obviously. Oh, sorry. No, sorry, Tom. You, Karen. No, sorry. You, you, you go. Sorry. Okay, I was going to say, Abby and Amy, obviously, in between Euros and Namur, you had uh, a trio of races in between there. How did those go for you? That was obviously the Super Prestige um, and the Duck Trophy as well. Yeah, they were. Uh, that was quite a few busy weekends. That I, I actually only raced um, Merck's Blast and Court Trike, um, and I think Abby went on to do Boom. Um, but those those two races I did were, I think, actually two of the best races for me this season um i raced uh court track before so i knew what was coming and i always quite liked that course i I had quite a good race there i think i got 21st um so i was very very pleased with that um and merck's blast was another it was a muddy day out that one um but yeah both quite flat and fast courses uh so not tend like generally my kind of course but uh yeah i i definitely hit a a high point in my season there i think not not that my results were anything special but moving on from euros and from uh rudderboard and stuff like that i definitely had improved and the weaknesses i'd worked on came through and like i i proved that i worked on them well (laughs) yeah how about yeah. yourself, Abby? Oh. I um did Merck's Blast and Court Track too. I was also doing Boom, so I entered the three weekends in a row with uh 
uh, idea to peak at Boom as I raced Boom last year and I loved the course, a lot more climbing in it, which is my thing. I much prefer it to a flat course, like some hills. And so I started at Merck's Plus. That was okay. I, it, was, it wasn't my best result. Court trike was amazing. I loved that course. I hadn't raced it before, but the kind of urban part of it was really fun to Oh, yes. Around. It wiggles through the town, doesn't it? Yeah. And then Boom was going brilliantly. Um, I was actually sat just inside the top 30, which I was really pleased with. Um, and then I got a puncture right after the pits. So uh. I had to do half a lap with a flat tyre dragged it round and then changed so I lost lost a lot of time but once I got back onto my pit bike I was picking off places one by one but the race is only so long <laughs> yeah of course yeah do you, uh Amy Abby do you, do you feel that the UCI could allow the women to, to race for that extra 10-15 minutes because some of them have seemed so short this year yeah I think I think it should go ahead. Um, it it might mean that I'm. I mean, at the moment, it might mean I get pulled earlier, <laughs> um, or it might mean I get a longer race. Um, yeah, I, I definitely I think so. Yeah, I agree. I know going into the season, I trained for forty five to fifty five minute races. That was where I targeted. And I know the women at the front of the front of the race definitely train for that. So I think they could definitely race for longer. Yeah, it seemed like so many of the races. Obviously, it's the, the, I think the regulations changed season before last or, or maybe this year. That it's instead of being the nearest time to X minutes plus a lap, it's the nearest time to X minutes, which is why some of them seems, it seemed a lap short at least. Um, but Tom, would you prefer to do? 15 minutes less? Definitely not. I think... <laughs> Good. I think the hours are... Yeah, I think they do need to race longer. It would make certainly make races far more interesting. Um, just gives more opportunity to different tactics, different... Yeah, I think it would just bring a whole new dynamic to the racing um, and hopefully give the sport even more credit um, and attract even more people to it. Um, so so moving forward into the season coming up um obviously simon said earlier that things are going to change again what's 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 the realistic goal for you all and what's the dream goal for you for this coming this season coming up in six months time anyone got a goal (laughs) <laughs> I'm having to think about it. <laughs> I was going to say, think... still got the road season first to digest. Yeah, sorry, you go, Abby. I was, I was going to come to road afterwards. Yeah, it's right. We stick, we stick across, and I'll, I'll catch you on that in a second. I think this season was about learning courses and gaining experience, and COVID did have a massive impact on that because whilst we got to race a lot more than most and we were very lucky to be able to do that um i don't know whether or not we got enough experience to really have like catapulted our results forward so i think next season for me i definitely just want to gain more experience and i want to be a bit more competitive in the races so not you know bottom half i want to start moving my way up through and knowing how to race in that front bunch but as Simon said it is hard to do from the back of the grid when you're starting in like 60th there's only so far up you can move so I think I just really like to gain more UCI points whether that be in the UK nationals or abroad so that when it comes to races that I do want to target because I know the courses and I've raced them before I can potentially improve on my results from this past season The same goes for me, to be honest. <laughs> I just want to improve results and and 
nationals wise uh depending on what goes ahead obviously uh I want to be able to improve on my results previously there as well and maybe maybe even aim for some podiums if I dare say um that would be yeah that would be a, a nice goal to aim for and then yeah hopefully depending on how the season's going I would uh, obviously I would love to head out to some world cups again and gain more experience there and uh, see see what results I can do and see if see how how well I've improved almost from this season gone um yeah that that would be that would be a, a dream goal um but yeah obviously we'll see how see how things go <laughs> how about yourself Tom well I'm just hoping that Nathan we can sort of bring back the under 23 men's races again um because although it's brilliant racing with the elite men you obviously you don't have as good opportunity to race against people your age um and so hopefully with the under 23 races sort of from progress from this year with all the learning hopefully can put that into next season and be up there challenging in the front half of the races um really progressing and seeing seeing what I'm capable of, really, um, in the international races. And then I guess in the UK, sort of, again, fighting for those podium positions and being up there at the front of the race, um, being in contention right up there, being a key challenger, I guess. But we'll see. See what happens. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it, it might... Hopefully, fingers crossed, by that time, hopefully everything's back to normal. Would there be a, a, a dream course for for you three on the continent we'll come back to national trophy stuff but uh is there, is there a specific course that the three of you think that you either really think you could target or get your best result on or just love to ride oh god that's a tricky one <laughs> um so i actually i really did enjoy namur um uh normally i'm not um, I'm not quite like Abby. I'm not the greatest at climbs, but I've been working on it. And uh, despite Namur being quite a lot of climbing, I I really excelled in the in the kind of technical side of it. And once I got over the fact that there is going to be a climb, I can just hammer up it and get get past it. So yeah, I think uh, I'd really like to. Uh, aim for Namur, I guess, and then yeah, super prestige wise, just the other ones like Merck's Blast, where I've previously had a good race. Um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot to choose from. <laughs> How about yourself, Abby? I think similar to Amy, I'd probably say as a super prestige level boom because I've raced there twice and I do really enjoy the course and the flow of it, and I always feel like when I ride it. It just it feels comfortable, not the pace of the race, but the way the corners flow and I know where things are because I've done it before. I think that's that's really good. But yeah, at a World Cup level, I really enjoyed Namur from the opposite reasons of Amy because <laughs> I really enjoyed the climbing and with the technical and slightly trickier descents. Once I accept that, I you know I just. I can get down them fine after following Amy a couple of times. <laughs> I can get down there perfectly fine. Then it just, I really enjoyed racing the course. It was something that I felt lap on lap. I just got better at it technically. So I'd yeah, like I to agree. be able to go back to it stronger. Does Boom, is Boom the one with the little cobbled sections? I might be um, confusing that with somewhere else. Boom has a, it's almost in a bowl. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It does have a cobbled climb in it that then goes think, up a bank at the end. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking of then. Yeah, well, no, yeah, that looks tough. Rather, rather you than me. How about yourself, Tom? I really like uh, Deegan, although we didn't have the opportunity, well, it wasn't on this year. Um, I think it's just such a unique race with it being born around the town at night. Um, although it's the, I guess it's the spectators that sort of make that that race with it being the nighttime with all the the crazy drunk Belgian fans like 
Oh yeah, it's the one that's just it's, sort of, it's it's like Boxing Day or day after that kind of it's around then. Yeah, isn't it? sort of ju- yeah. normally just after Christmas. Um, totally and forgot it is about sort that of based one. all all around the town, um, and it's probably one of the maddest maddest races there is. Um, but I I've done that the last as a junior and the first year in the twenty three, and I think such a good course. Um, it's got a bit of everything really in it. Um, I felt, and like Abbey and Aim, I think Namur as well. That's obviously one of the most iconic races. Um, and they're pretty similar to each other. A lot of climbing, both very physically demanding, um, but also very technical. Technical. Um, yeah, I think those two sort of pretty much go hand in hand. So I think those two would be quite a good focus for me. Um, I guess we've just got to see which races, which races are going to be on. Yeah, fingers, we'll fingers crossed. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, the calendar starts, you know, late September, six months. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, uh, I think we should be okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd have to hope so, otherwise. Well, <laughs> don't know. That's what I do in my life, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> Abby and Amy again. Tom, I, was, I always come to you third. I'm so sorry, uh, Abby and Amy. Um, road plans for this year. At all? Can I rephrase that? If it sounded like I'd never heard of words before, Abby and Amy, do you do you have any road plans for this season? I think you can start on that. <laughs> I think ideally, I would love to do all of the national series. I'd also like to get out to a few permesses in Belgium to give those a try, but. I can't really race much higher than that because to get into UCI races, you have to be on a UCI road team and I'm not at the moment. So I think in an ideal world, I'd love to race all of the nationals and be able to travel abroad to race in Belgium and France. But given the current circumstances and a lot of nationals have already been cancelled, I think I'd just like to make it to whichever ones happen. Yeah, for me, my uh, main focus is off-road, so I'm more in the mountain bike scene. Um, but this season, uh, I am, like this year as a whole, I will be focusing mainly on cross. So for summer is basically just improving my fitness and improving my kind of engine as such. Um, so I will be doing some road racing, not necessarily the nationals as I've not really been on the road racing scene at all previously um so just building I guess building my fitness and building my experience in the road um and doing some crits I really enjoy crits it's basically cross but on a road (laughs) um I was gonna say that was about deer game is basically uh, a tour series round in the mud yeah yeah uh, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping to get out and do some mountain bike racing internationally, mountain bike cross country, um, as I've never actually been abroad for that. So that would be a massive learning curve. Um, but other than that, if the mountain bike nationals go ahead, I'll be aiming for those. I've not raced as a under 23 slash elite in mountain bike cross country yet. So that would be interesting as the length of race does increase by quite a bit so we'll right. see we'll see how that goes how, how about yourself tom was he road season ahead what lies ahead yes, of, you, this, of you this season yeah so i've switched to um spirit tofosi this season yeah. so again they're quite a, they're quite a local team to me actually and that russell rouse's team yeah so it's seems yeah, really, good really good, good setup um really good management so really looking forward to that um but i think tour series i think that's going to be a big hopefully a big focus for me um sort of sort of august i think that's planned for um but i think that's yeah quite well yeah 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 town center crits nice technical racing fast paced pretty much full gas for an hour yeah i think be i think that'd be mega really so Hopefully, and it goes hand in hand with cross quite well as well. Fatigue resist, fatigue resistance. So, I think that should be quite a good match. 
So hopefully we can be up there challenging. No, I'm not sure, quite sure. Podiums, top tens, don't know. I guess we'll see what happens, really. Yeah. I suppose that crits are quite a good uh, a road version of cross. It's that power on, off, on, off, on, off for 45, 50 minutes at, you know, zone five. It is just yeah, full gas. Yeah, pretty sort of test, test your bike handling skills. It's sort of a bit of everything, really. It sort of keeps it just interesting. Um, yeah, the, the, the only two I've done are the one in down in Winchester and Watlington and I've, they've both really enjoyed those. But hopefully, can bring the success from those two races, bring them up to the under twenty three elite races, and see what can happen. How was your time abroad on the road? Obviously, with Zappi, were you based in Italy for a wee while? Yeah, so obviously, look, well, not obviously, but last year I was still at school, so I was finishing my A levels, and then the plan was to then move out to Italy. Um, end of May and sort of spend the rest of the season out there training and racing with the team but with Covid sort of my plans were sort of a bit scuppered really so delayed going out until July I think it was before I actually managed to travel out and then it was another two three weeks before we actually started racing but once we started racing it was pretty much full gas races two three times a week did a, did a really wide range so did some mountain biking to start off the season, and then we did oh, yes, some yeah, new... yeah, yeah. Then we did some of the uh, Italian national series on the road, so sort of with the COVID regulations, most of those were around about six, seven kilometers of circuits, um, out in the countryside. And then we, I finished off the season, um, with a UCI, um, San Ven. I'm not, I'm not sure how you quite how you pronounce it. San Veniamo. Um San oh, Veniano. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that was flat, that flat, was, flat, lumpy, 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 flat. That one. Yeah, so very, very hilly at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of a great range of everything, really. Um and a taste of what it's like to be, I guess, a full time cyclist. Um just being able to focus on training, um, worrying about recovery. Um, yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. It's amazing, amazing opportunities. So, yeah, it was really good. Massive learning curve, but also a great time. I've just lost your audio a little bit, Tom. We can still hear you, but you are a little bit faint. Ah. Oh, that's better. There we go. Is that better? Yeah, Sorry. whatever you did, don't do that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh, no, that's fine. Uh, moving ahead, would you like to compete on multiple disciplines? Or is road taking over or is cross the focus? Or see what um, comes? I don't think I'll ever solely focus on one or the other. Uh, you see, Van der Poel and Wout van Aert, probably sort of two of the most successful cyclists at the moment. They're both managing to juggle the two. And I think. Yeah. I think you are seeing more and more riders transferring or doing yeah. doing Pitcock as well. Of course, yeah. And I've, yeah, I think it is a healthy relationship to have between the two. So I think definitely for the future I'll keep keep going with both of them. Um well, certainly certainly for the time being anyway. Is there any particular road race you'd think would you that's got your calling on it? Kerner Brussels Kerner, something like that? I I did do Kerm as a junior, I was, but I, um, I was in, I was in the winning break, but then, uh, had a mechanical on the qualm once and that was my race over. So maybe, maybe as an under 23 or Roubaix, I don't know, one of those two may suit me quite well, I reckon. We'll see. Uh, Abby and Amy, is there anything, any, any key race you'd really love to at the end of your careers, there's one. There's one elite race win. What's the one you're going for? Not saying you'll only win one race. That's that's awful. Obviously, you know. What I mean, if you had to have just the one. Oh, oh God. <laughs> um, it would be cyclocross. I think. I mean, everyone wants the world champs, don't they? <laughs> that would oh, be. Of course, yeah. That would be a, a full-on dream. Um, but. 
out on a course I'm not sure which course haven't done enough of them to give a justified opinion on that yeah I agree I'd say oh everyone wants to win world champs and I think in cross that would be my one like above all dream but I'd say on the road whilst I absolutely love to win world champs if I had to pick a race it would probably be Roubaix now that there is a women's race yeah finally yeah yeah definitely that looks amazing I'd love to do that best race to win and but the worst prize a big stone (laughs) (laughs) well I think I'll let you all go thank you for your time so it's been been over an hour or so unless there's anything else you'd like to add at all Oh, thank Big you up. for having us. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. No, no, thanks for coming on. It's nice to chat to local people about local teams and local races. And big up, big up my local, my local cross time. It's been really nice to chat. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Abby. Yeah, I think that's pretty much covered everything. So oh, thank good. you for having us. No, oh, thank you, Tom. And thank you, Amy, as well, obviously. Yeah, thank you very much. Lovely stuff. I'll wrap this up. So thank you for listening. This was Abby Manley, Amy Perryman and Tom Cousins from the Montezuma's race team. You'll catch them hopefully from September onwards at National Trophies and Super Prestige, uh, the X2O Duck Trophy, hopefully some World Cups and hopefully pulling on the GB jersey at the Euros as well. You've been listening to Quicklink Podcast and you can find all of our previous episodes, email the team or leave us a voice message for inclusion on a show at quicklinkpod.co.uk. Catch us every day for a daily microdose of pro cycling headlines, rotating regular segments as well as feature length interviews and roundtable chats. This show is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and YouTube and you can find us across social media by searching Quicklink Pod. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Goodbye. <laughs>